from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. Today's show, it's about chaos. It's all about the sabotage. First, though, Android users, make sure you go to the Google Play Store, download the Shark Bite Biz app. You'll find every audio and video version of this show there. Plus, you can buy our Dead House coffee directly from the app or just head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK and you'll get 20% off your order. And again, all the proceeds directly support us building the biggest and best show we possibly can. Last episode, in case you missed it, we had had Alan Robert. He's the bassist and songwriter for the legendary metal band Life of Agony, as well as the creator of the Beauty of Horror adult coloring book series. It was an incredible interview. I think it's probably the longest episode we've ever had. It was incredible. Make sure you check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Now, let's get on to today's show. Leadership books are all about inspiring you to be an amazing leader, teaching you things from others' mistakes. Today's guest takes his own spin on that and teaches you what to watch out for. Too many people want you to fail at life. They want you to fail at business. They want to steal your money. They want to hold you back so that you cannot jump above them. Hey, it's just a fact of life, and today's guest got an incredible book and story giving us the lessons he learned the hard way during his life. So, who do we have today? None other than Mr. Brandon Wilson. Brandon Wilson is one of the world's best communicators and sought-after executive consultant. His impact has helped leaders realize daring pursuits from building college campuses to addressing global wealth disparities. But more than this, Brandon is a survivor of leadership sabotage. His bout with betrayal, theft, and deceit cost him more than $600,000 and threatened his livelihood in an unthinkable way. Brandon's experience has taught him that despite a leader's talent level, having an inability to survive leadership sabotage can stop anyone from realizing their full potential. So, hey, let's bring Mr. Sabotage in himself. Let's get Mr. Brandon Wilson right on in here. Business strategy. Brandon, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. <laughs> Glad to be that. Yeah, that's good. Did you find that in your research of the show? I did. I did. You have a lot of Shark Bait. And yeah, uh, and so yeah, so I was looking forward to becoming shark bait. Oh, that's good. That's good. I need to get like chum buckets or something like that, and and <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe throw it at the screen digitally. I don't know. I want to figure something out. I I need to I need to expand on this for season four, but we'll figure it out. Anyways, uh, as you are well aware of, the very first question of this show for some people, this is easy. 
Other people, every I'd say most people, especially if they're on this show, they because they're successful, you know, they look at me and they're like, oh, wow, that's a loaded question. But the very first question always is, hey, you know, what's your experience? What's your background? Where'd you come from? What have you done in life? What are you doing now? Basically, tell us what's all the magic that makes Brandon, Brandon. Oh, goodness. Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, that, oh, no is a, that is a loaded question. <laughs> it is a loaded question. Yes, it is. But, but in answering it, I think it's important first to, for, your, uh, for your viewers to know and listeners to know that, uh, you know, I come with nearly 20 years of experience in what? In right. helping leaders achieve the bold and audacious. That's all I do. Uh, I started awesome. 20 years ago, actually in my 20s doing that. Mm -hmm. My career started. So where have I been? I started out as a higher education consultant. My job okay. was to get on a plane, jump out of it, not, not literally, uh, into oh. nowhere, <clears throat> nowhere college town. And go and meet with the college president or the chancellor to learn about what barriers they were facing to achieving really big things on their campus. Basically, they, their barriers that were preventing growth. That's right. It was prevent, yep. present, pre preventing uh, growth on their campus and their, pro their own professional growth. Some of their activities were change management in nature, where they were coming into a new system. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was massive protest and unrest amongst the student population. Uh, oh, you never get that at colleges. <laughs> what are you talking about, Brandon? I was shocked when I heard, no, not, not, uh -huh. not at all. But even, even multi-victim killings um, yeah. or, or going from being a college to becoming a university. Like, how do I mm -hmm. do these things? And I was shocked at such a young age that people actually listened and took my advice uh, wow. and, and even more surprised that they worked. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, so, that's amazing. So that's well, I mean, sometimes, you know, your, your back's up against the wall and it's like, Hey, we don't know what else to do. And that's where it's like, okay. You know, I think that's maybe where people like you and me maybe stand out a little bit because yeah. Um, this show uh, was born out of the creativity of like, hey, this COVID thing is real. Uh, it's not going away. Although I've been saying since about episode 10 that it looks like we're at the, the tail end of this <laughs> pandemic. Here we A are in episode tail. 100. Uh, here we are, episode 125. <laughs> it's like still here. But uh you know, it, it was born out of creativity, like, hey, how, I'm not going to let this sabotage, for a good That's word, right. sabotage right. my professional and personal growth. I've got to continue that. How do I network? And it's like, I'm just going to start a podcast, I guess. You know, I'm going to, I've had the idea. I registered Trek by Fizz. It would have been six years ago now. Just never ran with it because I went in a different direction as far as doing some live events, stuff like that. And that's kind of where like when you're pushing the corner with nowhere else to go, I think people are more receptive to listening to out of the box ideas or different ideas that, um, you know, a year or two ago, if I told my job, for example, like, Hey, look, I, uh, this is a personal project. 
but I'm starting a project. And they're like, no, David, you're like our executive for the Northeast. You, you know, we, we don't want you out there oh, doing man. that. COVID Listen, changes everything. Everything. You know, they're forcing the corner and you had to get creative. Do you think that was going on at no, all? No, I think with some those of colleges? that. Well, I think I think I came into the room with a lot of credibility, uh, okay. because of of my background, having worked in student affairs. Uh, I worked very closely as a student. I worked in student affairs. I worked very very closely with the president at Auburn University. Uh, the late oh, I thought you were going to say the the president, the president, the no. president. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Not not that president. I was but, about to say, well, if you were the president, yeah, I think you're you're qualified. But, but I tell you, and, and they took the advice, and so we used yeah. that success um, to scale what is now known as Wheelbron, which is a strategic communications agency mm -hmm. that also provides management and organizational consultancy uh, to help those executives and those companies also do really big, bold, and audacious things. So that's that's awesome. that's, what, that's what I do. And where I'm going is actually a quick story behind that. I, I was, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I remember the first time that I received my first, I don't know, $100,000 contract. And, and I was yeah. so pumped about it. I, I went out with a buddy of mine to celebrate and say, hey, you got to celebrate. I, I am a hundred thousand here. And we go and we <laughs> eat. And that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And yeah. I sat down and I said, man, we have to, we got to celebrate. So we go to a diner and and I raised my glass to toast. I said, man, here's to the good life. And he refused to toast me. And I said, what are you what? doing, man? And he said, listen, what, what, would you say, what would you say if I were to tell you that there was a guy uh -huh. who was going to radically transform the aerospace uh, industry, the automobile industry, the battery industry, mm -hmm. And he was talking about all these things this guy was doing. And I said, I tell you, you are out of your mind. It can't be one guy. He said, yeah, yeah. his name is Elon Musk. And this is before he was the household name. Yeah, he yeah, said, yeah. look him up. He looked him up on, the, on, his, on his iPhone and showed me the articles. And he said, the reason I show you this and the reason I wanted to, to share with this with you is because I want to challenge you to reevaluate your big. And I've committed my life to helping leaders now reevaluate what they believe is big to them. Right, and so that right, is my right. entire career. That's where I'm headed. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book Sabotage is because it's not that you understand or realize what you want to achieve that's big, mm -hmm. but it's you gaining the eyes needed to see the obstacles in your way that stop you from achieving personal, professional, and business growth. You know, one of the reasons why when I was 18, well, there was a lot of reasons why, but I moved from coal country, Pennsylvania to Tijuana, Mexico, was because where I was living in coal country, it was more closed-minded culture. You know, my whole life, I grew up, whether it was my grandfather, my dad, mom, you yeah. know, other people, friends, you know, boy, get your head out of the clouds. You know, and it's like, it's not in the clouds. Like, these are legit things. Like, legit. Uh, you know, like, uh, because I've always been business orientated or travel orientated and everybody's just, uh, he's crazy. And that, you know that? Wow. That's demoralizing. For, yeah, there, uh, that. There, was a guy, there was a guy by the name of Dr. Wes Williams. You know, at the time, he was the vice president of student affairs at Auburn mm -hmm. while I was a student. Uh, he invited me on my first ride on a private jet and we were literally in the clouds yeah. and he stopped me and said brandon i want you to look out the window 
And now I want you to really look at the world that's underneath us. He said, Brandon, you can, you can have it all. Now, he was speaking to a kid who grew up impoverished, yep. uh, a kid who, bow, who battled with homelessness, a kid who, who saw all manner of crime growing up. And yeah. it was literally from having my head literally in the clouds that I started yeah. to believe that more was possible. So I'm glad wow, you shared that That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with me, uh, a lot of similarities in my young adult life. Like I lived from the age of 18 uh, for, I don't know why, uh, so seven, eight years in a Tijuana ghetto while I wow. was... A very young adult from a young age, you know, this is uh, right after September 11th, too. I moved down there in November of 2001. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so a lot of those things that people, you know, that that come from, you know, rougher areas, whether it's a small coal country, depressed town like I was born in or some of the other others place. I mean, I was right there in a large major uh binational metro of San Diego there, uh, Tijuana. And it, it was uh, it was rough. But my point with telling the story about the head in the cloud thing was more about like everybody always told me growing up that, you know, your head's in the, in the clouds. And that never really sat right with me. I mean, eventually it kind of beat me down, but in the back of my head, I knew like, like, Hey, I can do anything. I see, mm. you know, this is the time where you have like 18 year olds that just write a script on a computer. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it was the, the mid to late nineties, early two thousands where like people are turning overnight millionaires just because of a, a website or whatever it may be. And it's like, there is stuff like that I, I could do. And I never found that to that degree, but I have a saying that I've always believed in that has derived from that part of my life, which is keep one eye on the, on the present. You have to know what's going on. Now. You have to be grounded in reality and you cannot ignore the needs of today. However, here's the, but you've got to keep one eye on the future. Okay. Yeah. So one yeah. eye, one eye in the present and then one eye in the future, because those dreams, whether you you think it might be a pipe dream and your head's in the clouds or whether it is something that is more realistic, whatever it is, um, you know, you, you need to make sure because the decisions that you make today are going to impact drastically whether or not you land to where you want to be in the future, whether the future is a year five years or 10 years. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it is one, you know, it's not a straight line, but it is one line that will eventually have a cross paths to whether or not you make Absolutely. that goal or Absolutely. achieve that goal. And yep. that's one of the biggest things that I, I think uh, a lot of leaders struggle with, with the, the vision. And they think too much of the now. Well, they do. And, and I, I think opportunity, well, actually, no, opportunity favors the prepared mind. I mean, it yep. only finds the prepared. And a lot of times we think dreams are dreams, but really dreams are ideas that's waiting to be implemented, that's waiting to be executed. And oftentimes we view them as dreams because we believe or convince ourselves that they're unpursuable. And I want you to think about it, mm -hmm. unpursuable. And so earlier in, the, right. in, in our discussion, I said, congratulations for having the idea about shark, yeah. uh, shark bite biz. And Oh, you remembered 
Yeah, and I also need to. <laughs> you remember uh, the show, I mean. <laughs> of course. And I also congratulate you for allowing yourself to be put in the corner because that's when yeah. we get uncomfortable. And one of the biggest saboteurs in our lives are ourselves. It's self-sabotage. Yeah. And we yeah. allow ourselves to not be put in the corner. To live I could have ignored it. Yeah, you could have ignored it and, and stayed comfortable. Yeah, stayed just like everybody the, else. Stayed in the present. The problem is, is that the present is fleeting. Yep. It, 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 it is inevitably fleeting. So if you yep. spend all of your time and energy trying to preserve the present, you're really trying to harness air. And yeah. you're going to find yourself quickly, if you don't pursue your dreams, quickly become irrelevant, quickly yeah. become a, 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 the person who said, oh, he, he could have done, he should have done that. Yeah. And you start looking back at all of those lost opportunities. And I, and think, I care about your viewers in that way. So I want to really make this statement that's, that's important, that if you if you fail to pursue those ideas or those dreams, whatever you want to call them, Mm-hmm. It's tantamount to quitting. And, yeah. and as business owners and as professionals, the last thing we want to be identified as as quitters. And so it's incumbent mm-hmm. upon us to wake up and gin up the energy needed to pursue those dreams and those ideas so we don't quit on ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree with uh, everything you've said without a, a doubt. And like you're pointing out, I could have easily been my own self the sabotage here because I could have just ignored it and like, yeah, you know, it's only going to be, I could use the break or whatever. That being said, um, I think a lot of people had the same idea. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Joe Rogan moving to Spotify definitely helps spur the industry too. Um, <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of bad podcasts out there and that's where I really went and I listened to a lot of shows. I listened to everything. I mean, I didn't listen to just business stuff. I checked out, you know, from from YouTube channels to podcasts, because you know our main views do come from YouTube for this. So I did a lot of re- research, everything, political shows wow. to business shows to everything. And when I say political, I'm talking like people on the right people on the left and to me it was like well why are these people successful why do they have their show now politics is something that does motivate a lot of people so i think it is easier in those regards i mean it's hard to take a special type of person to really get motivated about business so it, it makes it harder with the podcast to scale but what i wanted to do was I did that that research to make sure that I could scale the show That's to right. where, you know, yeah, I'm not going to have a hot take on what the current administration did or didn't do today or tomorrow, uh, where I could instantly get millions of views, you know, we're going to, it stays down, you know, a couple thousand, but that's good because they're high quality individuals like yourself, guests like yourself. And I help think it, it, it makes it more precise i mean we've got a great community here that we're building and i really really love it i think that open-mindedness too of just you know even listening to things i didn't agree with in the terms of uh like hey i want to see what they're saying here or there just because i you know try to define success and i use that as a platform 
to launch. And there's some of the steps that I took in order to do what I'm doing. Um, I mean, do you find truth in that, it sounds like. Oh, I, I, sound, I found a lot of truth in that. And, and what I hear yeah. you say is, is how important it is to be vulnerable to discomfort. Like, like yeah. make yourself vulnerable to the unknowing, because that's mm-hmm. the start of new information, new knowledge, new success, new accomplishments. And because I, I, and I said this earlier, I care about your, your viewers and your listeners so much. I'll share a really personal You're, story. You said that so much more articulate than I did. See, I, I could have just summed it up right there in like 10 words. Okay. It said I rambled on for three minutes. Um, but no. Uh, that yeah, is you're your amazing. idea. That is your <laughs> yeah, idea. But, but I'll yeah, share. I'll ahead. share a personal story uh, about self sabotage, and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a personal one. Uh, year, years ago, about 2014 or so, the date really escapes mm-hmm. me. I had an idea, David. Uh, I said I'm going to start a company that provides grocery delivery services to families. Can you believe it? I was said, I'm going to create a technology that allows moms to type mm-hmm. in their orders and allow other moms to go shop for them and then bring it to their doorstep. And wow. I was I was pumped about it. And can you believe that idea it was novel at the time? And and I, I, I talked to my attorneys. I talked to some business advisors. Everybody said, man, this is a this is a winner. You should do it. Yeah. And then I went to go do some research. Uh, I said, I wonder what the appetite of such a service is from customers. Yeah. And so I met with a consultant, with a researcher. Uh, we hit it off. And just as I was leaving the office, she said, hey, 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 Mr. Brandon. I just want to let you know that I have another customer who hired me to do a similar business as, as you're talking about. And he's struggling. Oh, it's hard for him. I mean, he has like items piled up in his garage. I mean, it's tough. Are you sure you want to do this? What what, what I, did he have powered up in his garage? Like just items that were waiting to oh, ship items. or whatever. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. like some delivery service that she had, you know, from a right. person that ran a company that did product delivery. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of there and I said, do I really want to do this business? And so I went home, talked to my wife. My wife says, Brandon, we got too much going on. You know, you're coming out of this bad business deal. You got, you know, just whatever. Are you sure you want to do this? And I hold said, on, hold on, hold on, one second, one second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before I forget, uh, you just said something that is going to be the next story you tell, which yeah. is you just got out of a bad business deal. But uh, let, let's hear the rest of this story yeah, first. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I sat down and I started to talk to myself. And I said, Brandon, what do you know about the grocery business? What do you know about the technology industry? Nothing. Why do you really want to do this? And I talked myself out of it. I said, I'm not going to do it. Yep. Literally across town, there was a guy named Bill Smith. Bill Smith was a high school dropout from a family of entrepreneurs. He had mm-hmm. a similar idea and he executed it. I saw myself as somebody who couldn't do it. That's my, that was my mm-hmm. perception of myself. He saw himself as a winner. That company, he grew that company be, to become shipped. You probably heard about it. Uh, it sold for $500 million to Target. And to twist the knife 
in my heart a little bit further. I was in a private meeting with Brian Cornell, the CEO, chairman and CEO of Target. And he said, you want to know why I bought Shipped? Drum roll. He said, because I thought it was revolutionary that someone had a platform that would allow moms to shop for other moms. Can you believe uh, it? You <laughs> Self-sabotage. <know>, that, <laughs> that is, that is. Now, one of your, your trusted advisors, that woman, she did plant the seeds of doubt. Um, you know, looking back, I would say that's somebody that maybe you want to not take business advice from again in the future. No, we're not doing business with it. <laughs> okay. Because, the, you know, hindsight's 2020 now with that type of business I, I mean you will add that yes that was a wonderful idea but those businesses are very 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 hard to ramp up and businesses before the pandemic i mean they were suffering and that's part of the reason why i think mostly big tech i mean you have a few that grew out of it like a, a shift for example absolutely but mostly it's been bigger tech or money from big tech that has maintained a lot of these companies because up until previous to the pandemic a lot of them were losing money year over year but somebody like shift i mean he, he sounds like he did it right was able to kind absolutely. of uh, prove it and it, so i'm not saying that it couldn't be done i mean it, it just oh, would no. have been a lot of work and no, it was going to be a lot of work it. it would have a lot of yeah. work and it would have been successful and you know but i chose not to pursue belief and yeah. that's the difference right and we I, I got a similar story. about that yeah go ahead i i have a similar story to yours i i had this idea and it was a couple probably around the same time and i wrote it all out not not like a full business plan but it was a pretty good high-level draft of what do I envision this company being? And what it was, was essentially, um, you know, looking at delivery or Uber type services at the time was it was going to be for hair, salads, stuff like that, mobile salon service, Very like, cool. hey, something just happened. I, I need a hairdresser now. I ended up having... A lot of people were like, wow, that is amazing. That's a really good idea. The problem was, is that the level of the complication uh, because of state regulators and some of these things needed to be licensed. And it, it, it was kind of like, well, can't I do what Uber's doing? Because technically, uh, you know, you have, have a lot of states that are like, um, you know, Ubers or taxi cab drivers, they've got, uh, they're not just That's random right. friend. I'm like, all I'm doing is having a mom help out another mom. I'm connecting the dots for a mm -hmm. private gig. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's how I was thinking. It just came down to, I talked myself out of it with the fear Man. that unless I got money into it early on, that I wouldn't be able to keep up with the legal fees because we, we would expect with that business and breaking the trends of how state regulators are, which I'm very pro like a lot of bad things about uber lift a lot of those yeah, companies yeah. but they broke i what i felt was monopoly on you know transportation they systems. changed they, they created irreversible change and thank right? goodness that there was a bill smith because mm -hmm. I, I i stopped pursuing belief he didn't and now we yeah. have we have a better world a more convenient world a more sharing economy to live in. And that's mm -hmm. why it's so important to overcome sabotage and even self-sabotage. 
because the things that we are pursuing can ultimately change the world, literally change the world. And a, and a very practical example of that is, is uh, Steve Jobs. Steve yeah. Jobs was sabotaged. Oh, you've heard of him too. Yeah, you heard of him, right? <laughs> he was sabotaged. I mean, he invited uh, John Scully to be the CEO yeah. of Apple while he was doing the MacBook work and um, the iMac work. And, and so he was going to launch this incredible thing. He was going to launch the make the computer hold, be able to hold a computer in your hand. It was big. It was audacious. It was revolutionary. But yeah. John Scully said, listen, we just need to run a righteous business. We just need to right. take products to the market and get a transaction. And because he was used to that kind of retail market and he, he betrayed to use Steve Jobs word uh, him and he threw Steve Jobs under the bus to his board and, and Steve Jobs then acquired the skills necessary to protect his pursuits from sabotage going forward. And if he didn't acquire those skills, the kind that are, are, are deep documented in my book, we would never see the iPhone. We, we, right. we, would, we would never have, you know, the MacBook Pro. Or, or, and, and more than that, I'm not talking about a product. We would lack a new tool that would change the way that we engage with the world and the right. way that the world engage with us. And so right. it's really important that we understand how to survive and overcome sabotage so that we and all your listeners and viewers can make the same kind of impact in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally, totally agree. And that's a really good, important story that I think you told there because Steve Jobs is somebody that you can, I think most people know who Steve Jobs is. I mean, maybe there's a few young, young, young executives that yeah. really don't have a good idea, but most people that listen to the show definitely know who he is. When you can use somebody like that in an example, or, you know, you were saying it earlier about how, um, you know, your, your buddy, when you got that first hundred thousand dollar contract that he was telling you about how Elon Musk is going to uh, change the world, which I, I'll put on record. I was an Elon Musk hater most <laughs> of my life because it's like, no, why do people think this guy's smart? He, like he's smart, but he's not that. What's he actually doing? He's trying, and you see all the negative press. And then, and then, you know, years later, it's like all this stuff that he he's been working on, and I've been calling him, you know, vaporware about starts to actually come. Oh wait, wait, that oh, there's a rocket ship up there. Okay. It's amazing how that happens. <laughs> so I have since taken everything back and I've done some more research on, on Musk myself. And I will admit, I think he probably is one of my modern day, day heroes because I think his, he is basically, I think, filling the role of what Steve Jobs did with Apple, but He's doing it on different products, whether it's Tesla, SpaceX. I mean, space innovation was pretty much dead up until yes. you got companies yeah. like SpaceX out there. Um, right. You know, cars, innovations. I mean, yeah, you had a Prius uh, or some other things, but it was very slow to move along technology and car unless you were paying top dollar. And even with that, the technology and cars lagged years behind what was already on the consumer market. Absolutely. And we're only talking not even that long ago, like seven, eight years ago, where, like, you know, it, it's like try to find an actual full HD screen 
inside of a vehicle that would be, you know, like a, a mid-level type car for a normal family. And it was near impossible. You, you might be lucky to have a screen for the radio, but that was about That's right. it. That's right. You know, and it's, it's yeah. people like his technology, his visionary, uh, that having that competition makes it better for everybody because Ford's innovated. You know, Absolutely. Chevy, Absolutely. Everybody has had to innovate because they're trying to stay ahead of what Elon's doing. And yes. And, and I tell you, know, you it's this, a great thing. and I know you have some, 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 maybe you have some young viewers and I want to provide some context that yeah. this is not new. You know, right. this is, this is not new. And I mean, you, you know, we live in a world where we see the shapers of our time, like Bill mm -hmm. Gates, and we see Elon Musk at work and we see Jeff Bezos at work and others. And there, there are multiple others. Uh, I, I, Oprah Winfrey is a shaper. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, these and shapers are people who 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 don't disrupt industry more so than they redefine them. Kind of like Shark Bite Biz is doing to the whole you world go, to the podcast news. world. Yep. I'm telling you. There and, you go. And, and, and it's <laughs> not new. I mean, if you look at Nikolai uh, Tesla, and who was bold yep. enough to say, I can harness the power of electricity to do bold things. Edison. Edison actually was not pursuing the invention of the light bulb for the light bulb's sake. He was actually, uh, it was actually a tactical pursuit to address something bigger. And that is the invention of, of photography and phonography and wanted to allow people to exchange memories with each other. I mean, think yeah, about how revolutionary amazing. that is, right? And we have the light bulb because of it, but we also have the camera because of it. Because like the first, yeah. the first yeah. video call was done, I think it was in the 60s or 70s. I mean, yeah, yeah. this is how... Having tech monopolies and stuff like yeah. that around that time, it was a tech slash telecom monopoly. Uh, I think the first call was done with um, AT&T, but think about that. They thought, oh, it'd be too expensive. The average there household you go. wouldn't they want it. We can they, stop they ourselves. Uh -huh. and yeah. Think about how much more advanced we could be right now if they would have pursued that. I mean, I think... Um, I forget, it may have been Nixon or somebody in that time period, Nixon, Kennedy, around there, to where they did the first call. And I think it was a video call in the White House. I think it was, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. I, could be, I could be a little bit off in those details, but it, it did happen a long time ago. If they didn't stop us, how much innovation would we have? And that's part of the reason why um, this show, you know, we don't get into uh politics per se as far as what most people think of politics the only thing we'll really address is regulation business regulation Understood. stuff like yeah. that that part of it because i think you know like i'm i just read an article the other day over in europe what they want to do is make it so that a usb c adapter is now mandatory in every new rechargeable device okay <laughs> and you would think that's cool because I do like standardization, okay? My problem is, is what happens the moment that somebody makes something better than that? Yeah. Like, for example, Apple, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the lightning charger, but their lightning charger, for example, or when they first came out with uh, Thunderbolt uh, adapters, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, 
it would take away that type of innovation because you are monopolizing the only type of port that they have. And therefore, somebody cannot make something better. Should yeah. tech companies use USB-C by default right now? Yes, absolutely. If you're not, you're doing a disservice to your people unless you have something that is better. I will, I will, I will double down there and say that it is precisely the fear of change that yep. is, is, that's one of the things that drive people to sabotage innovation. Because, yeah. you know, you, you, have a, you have a listener and a viewer right now who's on the cusp of doing something great or who's thinking about doing something great. And there are people mm -hmm. all around the woods work saying. And, and to clarify, to clarify, you're not talking about yourself, right? No, I'm not talking about myself. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so there's another viewer out there's there. There's another okay. viewer <laughs> out there. Awesome. And, yeah, and they, you, you just can't allow yourself to be stopped. Uh, you yes. know, it's, it's, the work is so consequential and is so utterly important that you must persist and you must go through the barriers of sabotage, hurdle over them. Look, if you go to the bookstore today, before I wrote Sabotage, Leadership That Overcomes Betrayal, Theft, and Deceit, you will find books, book, business, book, business books lining the shelves and they would talk about hard work, talk about mm -hmm. rising early, talking about doing what you say you're going to do. 5 a.m.ers. 5 a.m.ers, all of that. But as you yep. wake up at 5 a.m. and go to work at 6.30 and, and, and you're the first one there, there's not many books in any that talks about the spook behind the door waiting to trip you up as soon as you walk over the threshold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. How do you deal definitely. with that? And that is, you know what? I, I'll be honest. Uh, I never thought about it from that angle up until you just said it right now like that. That is amazing. Now, we do got to get uh, rolling. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> we, we should probably do a second episode. It's funny how that happens. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, time flies when you're having fun, man. Absolutely. So uh, all our YouTube viewers can see this, but uh, Brandon and his team somehow amazingly, because they only booked this interview like literally last week. Most of my other interviews are booked six to nine months ahead of time. Uh, but we booked this like at the end of last week and they got me a beautifully signed first pressed edition of his book, Sabotage. Why don't you tell us real quick uh, exactly what your book's about and then tell us where people can buy this. Absolutely. Sabotage, leadership that overcomes betrayal, theft and deceit. It is a book. It is the most comprehensive book on the subject of leadership sabotage that there is. It prepares mm -hmm. leaders to not only overcome sabotage in their pursuit to do something great, but to also see sabotage before it strikes them. So imagine awesome. being able to see the deceivers before you are deceived and to see the yeah. betrayal before you are betrayed. And, 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 it, and I, it I think that goes into what we were talking about earlier real quick, too, yeah. just about, you know, one eye in the present, one eye in the future. That also means like thinking Absolutely. about those things. And there's and there are four things that you can look for. And in the book, they call them the four horsemen of sabotage. And I'll leave yeah. them with this freebie that if ever you see a, these one of these horsemen come into your life, sabotage is about to happen. One is jealousy. The other one is arrogance. The other yeah. one is lying and the other is seduction. And it is important to know the activities that those horsemen bring into our lives as a precursor for a, or, or canary in the coal mine that you need to start protecting in your, what you're pursuing. 
You can buy this uh, book at brandonwilson.co, brandonwilson.co, but you could also do something else there. You can also tap into my management consultancy for free. You can book 30 yeah. minutes of my time at brandonwilson.co, share the barriers you're facing along your way to doing something great, share what you might be experiencing along your leadership journey, and I will share with you for free, no charge, 30 minutes, uh, share with you insights to help you unlock the next levels of productivity waiting on you so that you can use your leadership to change the world. Wow, that's amazing. The book, I've skimmed over it because I only got it literally like got delivered last night. That's right. Um, but this will be a book that I am 100% going to, to read. I'm sure, especially after our conversation, I am at, I'll it'll be impossible for me to not get something helpful. I'm sure this is full of little gold nuggets for everybody. One thing I wanted to comment on, you said your four horsemen of sabotage. Once I heard that, I was thinking, oh God, man, he's been talking to my marriage counselor. Um, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you <laughs> are kidding. now shark bait. <laughs> yeah, I am shark bait now. Okay, last last question for you. Um, I wanted to mention this uh, earlier, but you're, you know, so many different directions we could have gone during this conversation. Uh, but you mentioned about your first big sale, that $100,000 contract. Okay, this is a two-part question. One is, did you get goosebumps signing that deal? And once you did, like afterwards, do you still get goosebumps whenever you close a deal? I do. Uh, I, I do and I did. But, I, I, but not necessarily about the money. It's about right. having an opportunity to challenge that client to do the audacious. And yep. so there's a real example of this. And then we're working right now with Apple. Uh, yep. And we, we, we've actually encouraged. Oh, that's them. why we keep getting all these Apple, some, <laughs> Apple stories. Okay, okay. Some, some would say challenge uh, Apple <laughs> to do something different. And so now we're building a college campus of innovation in Atlanta. We're going to break ground uh, very soon on, a, on, well, on, a, on an Apple built. And, it's, and Southern Company is also participating on building a college campus focused on innovation. We're working that's with great. Apollo Global Management to help yep. them with careerbuilder.com to launch a new career platform specifically for talent of color from historically black colleges, universities. So every time we get a contract, it's not about the transaction. It's about the opportunity to use my leadership to encourage other leaders to collectively change the world. So I That's get awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I mean, to me, I would say a lot of what you say is what I feel as well whenever I close a deal. Um, but, you know, because we're helping a business, you know, that, that, that's, I guess you could say the PC answer, okay? Yeah. Of what, what you should say. But when it comes down to it, I get goosebumps. I get the warm and fuzzies today because I'm hashtag winning. Winning! You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I am winning. Like, I, I did a successful sales cycle, my team did. And I earned their trust to be able to transform their business. So I, I look at, like I said, it's almost the same thing, but it's a little, little bit of a twist because I mean, come on, a lot of come sales driven people, they have the egos. You got to play to the egos, you know, that's how you have fun. <laughs> well, I'm with you, but it, it is, it is awesome. And, and really quick story before we close the bad business deal and what I learned from yeah. it, it'd be one okay. minute. Uh, I uh, was was doing well in business, 
uh, I figured that I will start to grow by acquisition. I would buy other companies. Uh, really? Someone came into my life who was ready to sell me their business. Uh, and I would later find out a year and a half later that they really had no interest in selling at all. They really oh. just wanted to use me for the due diligence portion of the of the deal to run their company. Uh, I believe so much in the deal that I guess advice of legal counsel, I gave $15,000 a month to a third entity, which will be a part of the asset sale. I get a call from my attorneys that thousands of dollars later, hundreds of thousands of dollars later, yeah. and said, hey, Brandon, that entity doesn't exist. Where's oh your money God. going? And so he calls me, we go and meet, I go and send the separation documents to the, to the person, and he uh, revealed himself as a bully. Uh, he, he said, listen, if you don't give me any more of my money, I'm going to kill your wife, is what he told me. Oh, my God. Yeah, he said, I would that... use my influence to, to, to get trumped up charges against you, um, but I'm not interested in you going to jail. I want to get you a mugshot so that I can use my engine and my machine to paint you as a criminal and blackball you out of the industry. Uh, wow. and, and, and that bully did it. And he and he did it. And, and that was the impetus of writing this book. Uh, I said, listen, I started talking to other leaders who were not as well resourced as me, who didn't have the lawyers that I have, who were not as equipped as I was to survive that that sabotage. Right. And I said, I need to, it is up to me to use my experiences to give leaders the, the skills they need to deal with the type of sabotage that they may That's experience amazing. along their journey. From I mean, bullying it, it, it's, it, to yeah, employee it's tough. defiance, theft, we see it all the time. And, and, yeah. and, I, and my book, it gives you the tools needed to overcome those things. Well, that That is an amazing story. And when I say amazing, I don't mean it like, uh, well, good job for getting bullied no i mean like amazing as far as like holy cow that i mean <laughs> that is that is trippy but what i you know hearing that story and then the bad business deal and piecing that together with our earlier conversation it just makes me respect you more because a lot of people would have that are weaker would have completely pulled out uh, yeah. they would not be aggressive they wouldn't be bossy as far as doing business deals with fear out of, uh, you know, a repeat situation in the future, especially if they're threatening your wife like that, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. to destroy you that that is, that is horrible. Uh, and I, you know, oftentimes, good things happen out of some of the, the worst things when you're into tragedy. And now we got your book to tell you us how it. to deal with it. And think about it. If you understand how to overcome or even defeat sabotage, you yeah. cannot be stopped. You actually become more audacious as a result. Right, of that. right, right. And so that's, awesome. that's that's the hope of the book. Yeah, that's good. And hey, just because uh, we did a little bit OT segment there again, please don't forget to uh, grab his book, Sabotage. We're going to have the links down below in the description, pin comment on YouTube. Hey, Brandon, this was amazing. I hope you had fun. I did. A blast. Uh, awesome. Awesome. You are no longer shark bait. So uh, you lasted. You lasted. You didn't get eaten up. You did amazing. Thank you, sir. And uh, uh, best of success with your book. Thank you so much, David. Yep.
Cheers. Wow, that was such a fun interview with Brandon, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, it's for those warm and fuzzies. Do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your family. Let the world know about Shark Bite Biz. Get us out there wherever you dwell on the interwebs, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever it is. Share this episode out. Help people find Brandon Wilson, the book sabotage, and Shark Bite Biz. So now let's get back to our rock star guest, Brandon, and his awesome story. Couple quick points here. Like Brandon said, nobody is going to prepare you for a boss, an owner, a coworker that is going to try to sabotage your success. People can be evil, especially in the workplace. They have their own agenda, and that could be just, hey, they're looking out for their own financial security. Maybe they're just looking out for their own ego. People are notorious in the workplace for protecting their own situation and making you, yeah, you, take a step back if you're going to outshine them. Do not let that happen to you. I think Brandon's amazing book is something that teaches you what other leadership books don't teach you. It's teaching you how to be better, how to be bigger, how to be the better person by overcoming betrayal, theft, and deceit. It's a cruel world out there. And I think sometimes we all forget that. We kind of get in a little bit of a comfort zone, I guess you could say. It's a dog-eat-dog world. Uh, maybe I should say shark-eat-shark world. I mean, it is shark bite biz, right? But don't get paranoid, though. Not everybody is out to get you. There are legit people that will help you and enable you throughout your career. But you also got to keep an eye out for those trying to hold you down okay amazing stories brandon thank you so much for coming on to the show please make sure you grab his book i have it right here sabotage he was kind enough to send me a signed copy it is incredible i've read it i want to read it twice that's how good the book is so please make sure you grab his book sabotage we're gonna have the link down below in the description we got some amazing episodes coming up. Okay, we got Tiffany Largy coming up of Do the Damn Thing Nation. Mike Bishop from the rock band, metal band, Gwar, is going to be on here. And so many other talented people. Please make sure you subscribe to see some of the best business interviews around. Question of the day. Has somebody tried to sabotage your career? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. And remember, if you want to be on the show, shoot an email out to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, join the channel. You can become a baby shark for only $3 a month, and it supports us. Otherwise, head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK at 20% off of your order, and you're going to get the freshest zombie-themed coffee. And when I say fresh, I'm saying fresh. It is roasted, sealed, and shipped all within a 24-hour period to your doorstep. That's deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. 
You get 20% off. We get all the proceeds to make this show bigger and better. You all know this by now, but hey, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Fight Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.